cool. Hello everyone, this is Trish Jenkins on Trish TV and today I have a very special guest. Doreen Cumberford is a specialist in culture change in, the, in uh, being a global nomad. Now, very few people are traveling right now, I get it, but sometimes your culture change is at home. And while COVID's been on, people are working from home. So adjusting to change happens whether you travel or not. And that's what we're going to talk about right after this. The strongest prison bars are in your head. Leaders and teams, it's time for a jailbreak. And we're back. Hello, Doreen, and welcome to Trish TV. Hi, Trish. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. This is really fun. It really is. Now, you, you people are not traveling internationally, but you are in, now let's see, you are Scottish. You <laughs> normally live in America, in Denver, but you're in Mexico. Now, how yeah. did that happen? Um, well, I grew up in Scotland, but I have been an expatriate for several decades, probably, let's say, three decades. And I did, in the 1980s, live in America. And now um, America is our home base, but we still, uh, we still do in our rewiring, because we weren't tired, so we couldn't retire, right? You can't retire if you're not tired. Oh, I love that. You can't retire if you're not tired. You're not tired. You just can't retire. So in our rewirement, we call this our rewirement process, um, my husband and I have been doing pet and house sitting across the globe. Wow. Now, we, were, we came to Mexico in 2019 in December, the 1st of December, and we stayed until um, March and suddenly we found ourselves on the, what they call in Mexico, they call it the fun side of the border. <laughs> but, so we found ourselves in Mexico with, without the ability to go back to our home base in Colorado. So we stayed, well, we were stuck. We were able to eventually go home last July. And I know this sort of thing has happened to so many people in so many countries and, and lots of Australians too. And uh, so we did get to go home, but then uh, we had the ability to drive. It was a very long drive, but we had the ability to drive back into Mexico. And so we had just been here for a couple of months. Wow. <laughs> okay. Goodness me. Yeah, the... Yeah, because the, there's a bit of confusion around the borders and when they're open and when they're not, and oh yeah, so on. But yes, and, and, and well, I'm part of lots of communities, like the house sitting community, the digital nomad community, and the expatriate community. And so I've kind of had a bird's eye view over the last year, almost, of people being enduring a different kind of culture shock just by being stranded somewhere or not being home or not being in the location that they would prefer. Wow. And I, I can imagine 
when I think about it, because where I'm at home, I'm comfortable and the COVID hasn't been very bad where I live. We've had some restrictions. But hearing stories about people, particularly the Australians who are stranded overseas and just cannot get home and then they're getting tested and then their flights are getting cancelled and, and and then when they come home, they've got to stay in quarantine in a hotel for two weeks and, and some of those conditions are um, really difficult. Like some of the hotel rooms, you can't open the windows. That's right. Uh, or, or go anywhere. And so, you know, that would feel like incarceration. It's a little bit more comfortable. I know a little about incarceration. Yes. I know what it feels like to be unable to leave somewhere. And yeah. uh, what I do know is that how we think about our circumstances greatly influences our mental health and wellness around how we cope and, and the after effects of when we come out. So I'd love to talk to you and, and hear from you uh, the, the, the tips that you have to do with adjusting when you're traveling internationally and then when you are returning back to an environment that may feel different because it's going home but also comparing that to what people are going through now because obviously there's less international travel going on so yeah tell us a little bit about what you share with people um well my overarching message is something like um travel only with your luggage and leave your baggage behind which means travel only with what you require, but leave all your mental baggage, all the um, the doubt, the wistfulness, the um, all any sense of negativity behind. Um, a lot of people, a lot of us love to travel, and travel is a beautiful subject. It is complex, it is novel, it entertains our brains. And it is quite, can be quite unpredictable. And we're not always prepared for the unpredictability of travel. And therefore, it's important to see travel, I think, as like a delivery system, like a syringe rather than the vaccine. And so if we can use travel, it's been very difficult over the last year to do so, to use travel as a way to create your greater purpose in the world or as a way to develop your own vision and mission. Wow. So I really like what you said about, actually, I'll, I'll put it up again, travel with your luggage, not your baggage. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that's something that I know when I started traveling with my speaking, so many things would go wrong. Um, and I just sort of, I started thinking about them as they're not things going wrong, they're just unexpected changes. Exactly. That to, and they add, add to my adventure. So as long as I, I, I learned, as long as I stayed hydrated, that I, mm -hmm. I would have a little water bottle with me, yeah. and I would also carry some little meal replacement satchels. Because um, I had one of those travel coats with lots of pockets and I would have a number of meal satchels with me um, that I could shake, you know, and, and yeah. just drink. And, and I mean, it's not ideal, but no. it's better than, look, it's better than some airport food uh, and, and I could keep going. And, uh, you know, yeah. so that it's about expectation, isn't it? That, that you it is, uh, is. going to be different. It is going to be, there are going to be things that don't happen the way that you want to. And some people are more at ease with that than others, depending on their personality type. 
But even if you know your personality type likes things to be a certain way, when you're aware of that, you can say, yeah, even though I like this, mm. um, I understand that it's going to be different and sort of try and build that flexibility in. But I love that. Travel with your luggage and not your baggage. That's great. <laughs> it reminds me of that rather unkind, um, you know, in some of the movies where these these Brits are, um, you know, they're in somewhere. Let's just pick, I'm not picking on Greece, but let's say, wasn't it in, in that in that movie with um, that English lady? She's some arrogant person said, um, you know, Greece is great except for the Greeks, you know, because oh. they want they want their English, yeah. they want them to be just like the English yeah. in their own country. Not yeah. picking on any nationalities, the English or anything, sure. but uh, you're Scottish, so we can pick on the English. No, you and can I'm, I'm English, so I can pick on them too. <laughs> I'm English, Scottish. Yeah. Adaptability really happens between your between your ears, um, but it actually you actually have to maintain. You know, we all have a body. We have a physical embodiment, and I believe that the transformational experience that is available through travel is um, is much more um, deep and healthy and abiding if we will take a much greater notice and pay a much higher attention to the signals our body's sending us because we are kind of like um, subconscious machines. You know, what we taste, what we hear, what we smell, it's all back there somewhere in the brain. And at any second, I can be transported back to um, my 15 years in Saudi Arabia, if I hear a prayer call, I heard 25,000 prayer calls while I lived in Saudi Arabia. And if I hear one, my brain just clicks into being right back there. And that happens for all of us. Yeah, it can have with fragrances too. You know, you yes. smell something in it and it takes you back to experience. And and that can be good and it can be bad, can't it? Because it can oh, set people absolutely. into trauma, or it can be or it can be something sentimental. So. Yes, but I think what's important about that is to notice what we're recording as we're going along and what is of value, and then you know look at it as to so what are my dreams, visions, and ambitions, and and am I really in alignment? So I think that uh, each of us as a physical being has some responsibility to ask ourselves a question of, is this place in alignment with who I am? Some people like the beach. I'm not at the beach in Mexico. I am inland in the mountains at 7,000 feet. And most people, when you talk to a lot of Americans, they say, oh, you're going to Mexico, and they have a picture in their head of a beach. And that's not where I am at all. So it's important, number one, to communicate those pictures and, and the details about our lives, but also, number two, to really pay attention to what to the messages that our senses are sending us. Pay attention to the messages our senses are sending us for how we feel about the place that we're in. Yeah. Just. It, it can really help us to understand who we truly are. Um, if you prefer being in one country to another country, or if you prefer a, one language to another language, or if you're fluent in a different language, um, it all affects ourselves and some kind of a transformational DNA is happening. So I want to ask you then, 
Yes. With the restrictions that are on, we don't always have a choice no. about where we are. So we might, there's a couple of ways we can go. We can listen to the discomfort of our body and confirm this is not right for me, I'm suffering. Or, and perhaps you can advise with this, or, or sometimes it is that culture shock of, oh, I don't like that sing-song call to prayer. Well, bad luck, you're, gonna, you're just going to have to put up with it, you know, put up or shut up. Or you can shift the way you think about it so that instead of expecting things to be the to accommodate your comfort, how can we adjust ourselves and, and compare it to someone who's stuck working from home? Even just that phrase, I'm stuck working from home instead of I get to work from home and looking for the good. Can you speak into that about adjust, when even our body is saying, "Oh, this isn't this isn't a this isn't a match. This doesn't suit my vibe." <laughs> well, that's great if you've got the money and the opportunities to do whatever you want, yeah. whenever you want. You know, I you know to, to have a luxury suite in Paris. Well, that would suit me very well. But you know what? That's not happening. I've got family and commitments here, and so I've got to adjust and choose to be content. So. How do we be true to ourselves without becoming a spoiled brat and making everybody else suffer because we're not happy? Well, I think there's, there's lots of things. There's lots of ways to answer that. Um, one is to really become much more tolerant of your situation and look for something to be grateful in. And, you know, I don't think it has to be all this, you know, it has to be this way or that way. I think when we're in a stressful situation and we find ourselves in a place that we don't like to be, that it is really important to go within and go, so what can I find to celebrate and be grateful for? Can I give you an example? Yes. I recently interviewed a woman who was working in China and um, they had they evacuated or she had to leave China. She's Australian, um, but her husband's American. So she went to America for a while. She went to Australia, then America, and then went through all the process of um, sitting, going through the quarantine and, and her plane reservations were, I think, delayed many, many times. And she got back there and we were talking about how difficult it had been in quarantine. And my own sister-in-law went through four, three or four quarantines oh. from going to see her son who had had an accident in Hawaii. And so for all the people who have had to suffer quarantine, you know, they have had to find ways to cope. And one of the simplest ways is to celebrate the good, look for what one thing to be grateful for. And this gal, this, this my two examples, this gal, she took a photograph of something every day and she was getting care packages from someone. And she'd take a photograph of something that just made her smile and put it on Instagram every day. My sister-in-law got really creative because you have to get mad, amazingly creative sometimes. She took the food package that she got for lunch and dinner every day, and it was not a very wide variety of foods she was provided in that little hotel room. And she used the bags and the sacks and the plastic containers and did artwork oh. with it all. So every day 
no matter the meal, she would draw something on the bags and then put it on Facebook. And that was a coping mechanism. So I think that that's when we do best, actually, when we're pushed to get to become creative. I think you're right. It's, uh, you know, boredom forces us to be creative. And, and it's often said that children who are constantly stimulated, that if, if, you know, back in the days before the, you know, computers and electronics and things, you'd say to your kids, go out and play. Right. And you wouldn't give them all this equipment to play. They would find a stick, they'd find a, a rock, they'd, they'd yeah. you know, draw in the, they would become creative and it would stimulate their imagination. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, and, and these days, if you do have access to the internet, um, you know, provided you find things that are constructive, um, you know, and, and not go to the negative things. I, I wonder if all the angst of last year to do with politics and all that sort of thing may not have been quite so virulent had people been more able to get about their lives normally, you know, and, and have other things. Yeah. When you've got time on your hands, you can make a big deal out of things that would not normally take up so much space in your head. I think that's probably true. And I do think that the internet and television had the ability to terrify us. True. And um, I, I know that I went through that period when we discovered that we, were, we had the opportunity to stay uh, at, at a rental property in Mexico. And the people said, you know, you can come here and you can stay here uh, in this rental property for you know six months if you need to that was such a relief to me and then um as it be it started when we got back to Corretero, we came to this city for like two or three days of touring which we don't do very frequently because we're not good at being tourists anymore you know, tourists is, touristing is like a very superficial level of being somewhere. You can't really get into the community and meet people. You don't have the time to do that. So you just take what you can from a culture. And when we arrived in Corretero, we were staying at this ancient convent, which had been turned into a boutique hotel. And strangely oh. enough, had a spa with bathtubs on the roof with curtains around them overlooking the ancient church across the street. And everything, yeah. everything closed all around us. In that one afternoon, in the next 36 hours, everything shut down. The restaurants, everything shut down. It was just awful. And so I was very um, disturbed. And by the time we came to San Miguel to be in this house, I was very scared. And I think had I had less technology, that I might have handled it better. How interesting. So How I think it's a very good point. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, the news is, is on, well, on the internet, it's on at will. Um, unless you're in Australia and you're on Facebook and that's just, <laughs> they're just restoring the uh, the news now. But uh, even just for television, the news headlines come every, at the top of every hour usually. Yes. And like when you're getting ready in the morning. And if you hear the headlines five times because you're going getting ready for your day, it's as if it's five times as bad. Yes. You, know, you, hear, you hear it once. You only need to hear it once. 
or or if at all i mean the things you really need to know find you but yeah you, you're right um, something you said about not being touristy uh, when i when i travel uh, again and and when i did i used to love uh, I, my preference sometimes i'd stay in hotels but i would love being hosted yeah where um i get to stay with a family and do what they do go where they go and they would take me to see things that you know it's not quite being a tourist because they would show me the places that the locals would go to and it's that they would know about and it would be just so fun yes yeah. a much more enriched experience a much more enriched and a much more enlightened experience. Um, my husband and I have been, since we've been rewired, I said we have been doing house and pet sitting across the globe. We've we've gone to about nine or ten countries, and I call it being a slow mad. We're not nomads so much as we're slow mads. <laughs> and we take we take our, our traveling in, in bite-sized adventures. And having bite-sized adventures is, I think, um, a really good way to approach life. And when you get to go live with a family, you get not only the bite-sized adventure of being the tourist, but you also get the heartfelt global heartedness that comes with connecting with people locally in that place. And I think that that is um, irrepeatable and unmistakably one of the great ways that we can create a global hearted culture around the globe. Yeah, well, th that's awesome. And Doreen, you have had so many adventures because you are a global nomad. Even now, even even in lockdown, you're global. Even in my sixties. <laughs> in your sixties, and you have got a book with yeah. your stories, but also the tips that will help people with adjusting to different cultures, whether it's going there or returning. So would you like to, you, you've got a book there you can show us. Okay. Um, and, uh, Camel Lane. I like that. Camel Lane and it's called Embrace the Adventure. And Camel Lane, Embrace the Adventure. That's great. So tell me about the book. Um, it's based on living in Saudi Arabia for 15 years. I went to Saudi Arabia and we were only going to stay for two or three or five years. And the first five years, oh, the first two years, I did not adjust well. And I had been an expat in previous lives. I had lived in uh, four or five countries before I got there. It was just one of the hardest um, adjustments for me. What was hard? Well, um, I, was, I was an accompanying spouse with without uh, a purpose except i did have a three-year-old when we got there and she was my purpose but for me i needed i needed to find who i was and i really needed to discover myself um ultimately the second five years were fabulous and we were able to stay there and give our daughter a super education in a small version of the United Nations because her school had about 45 nationalities. We had, you know, several different languages were spoken in the school. So I'm really forever grateful that she had that kind of upbringing. And the last five years, I was dreading leaving. I did not want to leave. I had a job. Wow. Yeah. So that's what the, this is about. I interviewed 60 women 
on the subject of um, the changes of us to us personally living in Saudi Arabia and what we learned. So I call it a learnoir instead of a memoir. It's a learnoir. So it's about the lessons because if you go somewhere and you spend a lot of time there, or even if you go as a tourist, what was the point? What did you get out of it? And how did it move you forward in the direction of your dreams? Now, the culture there, you mentioned being in the United Nations culture, mm. which is kind of a culture within another culture. It is. So did you did you have much to do with the outside culture and the contrast and, and particularly with um, your role as a woman? Um, I found that my role as a woman was very difficult when I arrived in Saudi. Um, Previously, we had lived in Japan because we'd been part of a project that my husband was on. Of course, it was, you know, it was his career leading at that point. And um, when we arrived in Japan, we met other Saudis on the same engineering team. And so I had met Saudis and I had lived in the Middle East um, 15 years before in Dubai, which is much more flexible and flowy. Uh, so. Saudi was very uh, shocking to me because I was in a, a compound with a barbed wire fence and that felt a bit imprisoning, although we did have a beach, I have to say, there was an out. <laughs> so, and we, um, we, I got used to the fact that I was invisible. And then 9-11 happened. And after 9-11, we all donned the black Arabic dress, the abaya. And then we went out in public with that on and I felt even more invisible. I yeah. felt like I could strip naked and run down the streets of Al-Khobar and nobody would notice. No, that wasn't exactly true. I'd probably be in jail in two minutes. Um, and it was very hard for me to find myself uh, or find my way through that situation. So the book is about adjustment, adaptation, the challenges, and ultimately the wins. What did I learn? What did I love? That's just fabulous. I would like to draw people's attention to your your website. Now, where, where can they buy the book? Is it is it Amazon or can it's they get it from Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's just look life in the camel lane and you'll find it. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'll put them. I'll put both of those up. So, your website is Doreen Cumberford, dot yes. com, and so people can get in touch with you there. Yes, um, and uh, I understand you are a speaker as well. So, if there are groups who want to hear from you and hear more about you, and I would say particularly women's groups, um, maybe Sir Optimist International, or, or even some you know, some some groups, even that. Uh, are normally in the organisations that are in the habit of uh, sending staff overseas to stay with their families, that they could actually engage you to do some preparation uh, oh, training wow. for them Absolutely. to help to adjust. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I love to do anything to do with intercultural work or uh, how we can learn to adjust and be. Um, gracious with each other across cultures that's beautiful so that that's uh that's a great message for everyone in general and it's also a really good message for organizations that actually their their profitability depends on how well their staff perform and adjust 
when they are overseas. Yes. And some may even have staff who are uh, stranded in other countries. So I would recommend if, if you are part of a company, you're watching this and you might be on LinkedIn or you might be watching somewhere else because this goes out to podcasts and lots of places. If yours is a company that has staff in locations that are not their actual home, then uh, may I ask you to uh, connect or alert your um, managers to this podcast, but also it's a TV podcast. It's going to be podcast as well as in a few other places. Uh, that that Doreen Cumberford is someone that they could engage and get and consult with, uh, and and perhaps even um, help with the mental and emotional well-being of the staff that might happen to be in countries that are not their native home and are unable to return home, or when things pick up again, you're going to be reviving things and sending people around the place then she would be a great resource for you so there's a plug for you doreen Thank i think you. you've got a treasure trove of of information to share so book is life in the camel lane embrace the adventure uh, yeah. and the website is doreen m cumberford m in there doreen m there is an m it's a pain yep. in the neck but it's been there since the day i was born <laughs> doreen cumberford she will come up and, and travel yeah. and so on she oh, yeah. is the travel nomad thank you and, uh, and so too if you uh need a speaker both of us are available online we can present online or we can do it in person if we're in a, in a position to be able to travel to you because resilience adaptation adjusting and leading people through those things are um, areas that that we know about so doreen thank you so much for being on the show today you have been so interesting and such a wealth of information i'm sure that people watching this are um actually there's your okay yeah i did have did i show your website i want to make sure i do that yes this you is did. It went across the bottom. Thank you very much. This was a, an absolute delight to spend time with you and to answer those questions and to discuss all of the facets of changing cultures and moving around the globe. And I hope that all of your listeners will take every opportunity when that opportunity comes along to move and to travel and to enjoy the novelty, the complexity, and the unpredictably, unpredictability that comes from nothing else but travel. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being on the show and thank you for watching. You've been on Trish TV.